Hey, welcome to my podcast, Kevin Owen with Unplugged. I am excited to be able to meet with you today. We're going to talk about life, leadership, and all the things in between. Today, we're going to talk about reflection, and uh, this comes at the time of the year. It is December 11th today when I'm capturing this, and um, this is the time of the year when it's really uh, an opportune season to kind of just get the pulse of where you are in business. You know, most of the clients that I'm working with are looking at their reflection, a reflection trip right now or something along those lines. And we're going to talk through what that needs to look like. My wife just came back from a reflection trip where she just got away and processed for a few days in this concentrated element of, you know, where am I? Where did I come from? Where do I want to go next? Those kind of things. One of the several of the, you know, high performance coaches and people that I'm looking at they're all talking about how they do this at this time of the year. This is the perfect time of the year to do this. Now, if this is not something that is a common practice to you, um, it's probably too late to plan it. It may be okay for you to plan it in the you know mid-January or something, but you need some time to kind of prepare for this. And I want to help you do that. I actually wrote an ebook that is designed around how to maximize your reflection time. Um, and I can certainly make that available of something that you would want to know and understand. But here's kind of the premise that I want to get you to to know is that nothing is, import, is as important as your soul or your self-care. And I believe that the, that's what a reflection time is. It's, it's an intentional it's an intentional determination based on, you know, soul and self-care. And so how do you do that and why is it important and what, what do you need to do with it? So um, some of this, you know, I've been doing this for years now, probably a decade. I have been doing something of my own reflection trip. As a pastor, this was something that I had implemented just on my own. I just came up with this idea like, man, I, I really feel like I need some concentrated time by myself. And so I remember the first time I did this, it was just for a day. Um, I had gone up to it was it was around the fall and it was it was cold out. Um, it was chilly, but I went to a nearby lake and I built a. They had this this outbuilding or a um, an overhang, you know, a picnic area, I guess it would be, and with this big stone fireplace inside. So I, I just love that setting. So I took some firewood with me, built a big fire in this fireplace. And just sat there outside and just reflected. And I had a specific thing I wanted to come away with, but I also was kind of trying to gauge where am I in the process and where do I need to go next? And it just became this amazing opportunity and experience for me to kind of gauge this. And that kind of whet my appetite towards, man, I want to go do this again. I want to go do this more. Um, actually, now come to think of it, that was not my first experience with this. My first experience with this was when we were in missions. Oh my gosh, that must have been 15 years ago. Um, it was right after Christmas. And I think it was like two days after Christmas, I had booked myself um, this uh, a hotel room in a really upscale Marriott in Kansas City. And I had gone up there for three days to just kind of figure out what are we doing and where do we go next? And so I've just kind of continued to integrate this process into my thinking. And and it's pretty important that you do this by yourself. You have some space to be able to just be concentrated alone. I have some ideas about how I want to do this in the future and integrate my wife into it um, because we're both kind of entrepreneurs and we're both doing, doing things with reflection. But I wanted to take some time to be able to help you understand this as well. Um, and one of the resources that I have access to that I teach, this book right here, The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth, John Maxwell actually talks about this in his, his idea called The Law of Reflection. And his, his premise is this, learning to pause allows growth to catch up with you. Learning to pause allows growth to catch up with you. 
So what I wanted to do today for these few minutes that we have together is just kind of unpack what this idea needs to be and what it needs to look like. And um, I want to read you a little bit of a, of a piece from this chapter. And he, he just talks about this. He talks about the power of pausing. And he says this. I'm just going to read this. So bear with me for just a minute. If you're nearly as old as I am, you may remember the old slogan once used by Coca-Cola. They called Coke the pause that refreshes. That's what reflection is to someone who desires to grow. Learning to pause allows growth to catch up with you. That's the law of reflection. Here are my observations concerning the power of pause and how reflection can help you grow. Number one, he says, reflection turns experience into insight. For over 2,000 years, people have been saying that experience is the best teacher. Have you ever said that before? Have you ever kind of used that slogan? According to one expert, the earliest recorded version of the saying came from Roman Emperor Julius Caesar, who wrote, experience is the teacher of all things. And he cites a source here that I can't pronounce. <laughs> with all due respect, he says, I have to disagree with that statement. Experience is not the best teacher. Now drill into this. This is huge. Evaluated experience is the best teacher. The only reason Caesar was able to make the claim was because he had learned much by reflecting on his life and writing about it. There's an old joke that experience is a hard teacher because the test is first given and that lesson is given and the lesson is given afterward. That's true, but only if the person takes time to reflect after the experience. Otherwise, you receive the test first and the lesson may never come. People have innumerable experiences every day, and many learn nothing from them because they never take the time to pause and reflect. That's why it's so important to pause and let understanding catch up with us. I once heard that at the turn of the century, there was a buggy whip factory that had made major improvements in their manufacturing process. They had made the best quality whips, and they were continuing to improve them. No other manufacturer in the industry compared there was just one problem. They were working at a time when the automobile was being introduced, and it wasn't long before the entire nation would change to the horseless carriage. The company soon went out of business, and I can't help but wonder what the outcome might have been if the leaders of the company had taken time to pause, understand what their experience was trying to teach them, and make a change of course that they were on. And honestly, I feel like that's such a um, perfect kind of segue or setup to where we're at in business. It is ne necessary to be able to gauge what is happening, where we've come from, and where we are going to be able to know what to do. Now, here's where I want to start. Contrary to popular belief, you need more reflection more often the newer you are than as time goes by. Why? Because we we are so desperate for advancement, for growth, for momentum, for movement early in the process, and we will do anything we can to be able to grasp what we feel we need. And in, in that moment, you can inevitably make a lot of mistakes. I've recently just done this and, and been the product of uh, some big mistakes that I've made in my own business. And uh, or in my own development, and I I recognize the fact that only after the fact that I realized that I made a I made a huge mistake, and it took me a little while to kind of process through it and be able to correct it. 
but I did. And I only did that through careful evaluation, through realizing who am I, who am I trying to become and what decisions have I just made that are either pushing me forward to that or taking me away from it. And honestly, the decision I had made was totally robbing me from who I was becoming. I was losing all sorts of momentum because of a decision that I had made that was actually going against who I wanted to become. But I couldn't see that without careful evaluation in the process. So what I want to do is I want to give you kind of a four-part reflection process today that I think is pretty powerful. Something I kind of created, came up with. It's probably not new, you know, uh, original to me. It's just something that I have used a, a long time in the process. And it builds on some other things that I've already given to you. At another podcast, another time and place away, I told you the most powerful tool in your like in your arsenal of who you're becoming. And it, I talked about, or I, I divulged into the startup process and how powerful that is. The, the way that you set the tone for every single day will actually be the deciding factor with how you, um, how you accomplish and how you build momentum and how you do all these things. So honestly, that's step number one is a daily reflection process. There's four parts of this. I'll just give them to you real quick. Daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly. You guessed it. <laughs> Daily, weekly, weekly, monthly, and yearly. And I think all of them are pretty uh, impactful. They're pretty Im- imperative to be able to get a large scale uh, evaluation on this on on how this all thing this whole thing works. And and they build on each other. I think you can only do a reflection process daily after you've done one yearly. Because what you're going to do is you're going to set the tone in your annual evaluation, and then you're going to execute that on your daily process. It's the, it's the age-old statement, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Well, no, it started with this huge plan, and then it got broke down into these bite-sized chunks, right? How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? You build an empire. You build the trajectory of your life one day at a time, one decision at a time. And so we have to be able to gauge and evaluate. How did I do with that decision? Was it the right decision? Should I have massaged it in a different direction? And what you're going to find is in keeping with the thesis of my life and my story, your future is based on the questions that you're willing to answer. Your reflection process is just you getting to a place of asking great questions. So here's how you do this. You do this on a daily basis and you do it in your daily startup routine. Where am I going today that's going to add to who I need to become? What decisions do I need to make today? For me, this this coincides with like the positive and the negative habits that are a part of my life. And, and I actually have a list of habits that I can see the negative side and the positive side that I needed to turn into. And so I kind of evaluate every day. Am I doing those bad habits? Are there some things that I need to be adding today to counteract those bad habits? What do I need to stop doing because of those bad habits, right? And so you'd be really, really wise if you just stopped and looked and evaluated and analyzed your life based on your habits. Can you see any that would be bad? It took me a little while to really gauge this, but when you start really investigating it, and let me give you some ideas. What are your phone habits? For me, I found that I had a bad habit of just endlessly scrolling right after I woke up. Well, that's a terrible habit. And so what what do you do about that? And What do you do with it? Well, you can create a new pattern. So what do I do? I set, I bought an old school alarm clock and put it next to my bed. And then I leave my phone. I've just started this, but I leave my phone in the living room. And so then we come up with a thousand excuses. Well, what if somebody needs to get a hold of me in the middle of the night? Well, what if they do? 
know what I mean? S- set it in a way that you can hear it ring if it needs to ring, but deal with the bad habit. Um, procrastination is a huge bad habit. And so you got to get innately aware with the things that you're avoiding and then come up with a decision factor to analyze what do I need to do when that thing creeps up? And, and so you're evaluating that on the startup process. What am I going to do today that's going to attack the bad habits of my life? And then here's the other part of it. You're going to do a shutdown process as well, a shutdown reflection. At the end of the day, you're going to kind of just mentally glance over, you know, look at your calendar, your schedule and see how did I do with that? Did I do what I said I was going to do? So you've got this daily reflection that happens. And then there also needs to be a, po- a spot of, a, of a, a month, a weekly evaluation process. I think it happens, for me, it happens, um, there's an evaluation and a forecast that happens at the same time. It usually takes me about an hour. Um, and I do it usually on Sunday evening, but I grab my planner. I use the Full Focus Planner by Michael Hyatt. It's a fantastic resource. I can highly recommend it. I've used it for years. Um, it really sets a great tone for encapsulating a great year. It gets you very innately aware of what you really want to do and then breaks it, helps you break it down to get you to where you said you wanted to go. And so I sit down with that for about an hour on Sunday evening and I evaluate, what did I do last week? Did I hit the goals that I wanted to hit? Did I actually do the things I said I wanted to do? And then it kind of helps you forecast, what am I going to do next week? And so there's this weekly analysis or reflection process that is pretty important along the way. And then honestly, from a monthly standpoint, there needs to be a consorted effort as you kind of near the end of the month. What did I cover? What did I accomplish? This is the one that I kind of miss. I miss out on this one. I don't, I'm not specifically good with my monthly analysis. I'm okay with actually saying this is what I want to do next month. But when it comes to the end of the month, I'm not specifically actually setting time aside to look, what did I do? Did I do what I said I wanted to do? And am I as far as I said I wanted to be? And so this would be the area that I need to specifically improve and to gauge on where I want to go. The one that's my favorite is my annual analysis my annual reflection time, when I get to book a place and I get to go to a VRBO or book a cabin somewhere, or I don't, I tend not to go to, to like hotels. I like to do like a house where I can cook my own food and um, just kind of be in process and all this. I had access to a nice cabin up until this, this last year. And and so I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to find a new source that becomes my place for annual reflection, but I kind of have a specific way that I like to do this. I like to be a little bit uncomfortable in this. You know, I, I do like to have um, some things, but I've actually thought about just taking my camper somewhere and setting that up and just doing my reflection process in a camper because I want to be a little bit isolated. I want to be a little bit alone. I want to have, I, I really don't want to have all the creature comforts or all that. And maybe that's you, maybe you want that, but I like to go away for three or four days and just really drill into my thinking and my thoughts and and get an analysis on where did I come from and where do I need to go next? Where am I in the scope of who I really want to become? And so this comes down to some really, really healthy questions that you should be asking. And so I want to just give you some of those today. What should you be measuring? And and so I have a few examples for you. Um, I think we should measure decisions against values. In other words, did the decisions I make contribute or did they take away from my values? And and this is this is important when we get into stress-filled spots is that we begin to feel like we should compromise our values so that we can get farther along with our decisions. Man, that's 
I just my my son our our family uh, was doing some devotions today, and this being December 11th, we read Proverbs 11, and I've been trying to teach my kids how to kind of do this whole proverb a day type thing, and so we read part of that, and it really speaks in that chapter about good character and integrity as being so paramount. And so I think you need to kind of analyze decisions against values because there there are definitely some things you never want to compromise. Well, if push comes to shove and you get to a place where you have to make a decision, if you have not established those values, you will compromise values without even knowing it because you haven't pre-decided that. So weigh your decisions against your values. I think the second thing you need to measure is your progress against your problems. You know, one of my other favorite statements is, don't focus on your problems. You have to focus on your outcome. If you focus on your problems, your problem may be resolved. But if you focus on your outcome, you will end up at your outcome and your problem will have taken care of itself. So measure your progress against your problem. Are you actively advancing to where you want to be? And are there new problems resulting? In other words, are you creating new problems? Because if there are, maybe there's something that needs to be evaluated or calculated or tweaked. Maybe you need to tweak your process so that you can minimize problems. You know, when I talk about like the pathway to profitability, um, there's three things that come with the pathway to profitability. And maybe uh, maybe someday I'll, and there, there'll be a fourth or something, but right now I'm, I'm noticing three. Um, you have to maximize efficiency. I'm going to start at the end here. That's number three. Maximize efficiency. You've got to minimize your mistakes and you have to eliminate procrastination. Those three things. If you can, if you can handle those three things, that is the pathway to profitability. Well, to be able to do that, you got to be innately aware of where are you procrastinating? What mistakes are you making? And where are you becoming inefficient? And sometimes the only way to do that is to invite an outside source in someone who can actually speak into your process and help you see things that you are ignoring or see things from a different angle that you're not assessing. Every business has a reason why they're doing it the way that they do it. But, and they could defend that to the death, but if it's, the, if it's not efficient, it's only robbing you of the profitability that you want to have. And you can really only find that through either reflection where you're really getting self-aware and you're asking questions about why am I doing it that way? And is that the outcome I wanted to have? Or why did that mistake happen? Or why do I consistently have this problem that's in front of me? It's probably because of procrastination. Okay, well, how do we, how do we handle it from a different angle? How do we come about it from a different direction? And then, so here's some other questions I want. I, you know, I did this, this uh, free night of coaching thing the other day, and it was exquisite. It was so good. And um, the people that were involved with it actually kind of commented that it was powerful for them as well. And, and so I just asked some, some questions. We started the evening by talking of framing about this idea. You know, think back to a year ago today, December 11th, 2022. And, you know, you're, you're at the end of the year year, you're at the end of, you're at the end of your year, and naturally, the beginning of the year brings this idea of the of the newness, of vibrancy. It's going to be the best year of our lives. I've never gotten to the beginning of year and never thought uh, this is going to be the best year year of my life. I've literally thought that about every single one. And so, the reason why we reflect at the end of the year is because we can then look back on those last twelve months, and I can answer this question. Sorry, answer this question: Am I where I thought I would be? Am I as far? as I thought I would have gone, or could I have gone farther? 
And honestly, I'm at the spot where I have I have a lofty goal that I'm still trying to hit before the end of the year. I've got 20 days left. I'm not sure how I'm going to do it because I actually I've given myself to work to the end of this week and then I'm done for the done for the year. So I'm, we'll see what happens. But I I'm answer I'm looking at that and I'm answering the question. I don't think I could have gone any farther. I I have given everything I've got this year and I've gone a long way. It's not really where I wanted to be. Could I have done some things different? Yes. I could have not made the mistakes I made. But again, new in business, you're more prone to more mistakes. Okay, so analyze that. How much farther could I have gotten? I I love this one. What decisions should I have made? Mm, That's a powerful one. What decision should I have made? Now, here's another one that's pretty powerful, and it's going to be your own gut punch. What decision should I not have made? You've got to analyze these kind of things because the only way for you to continue growing is to make new decisions that will protect you from the the you that you don't want to be. So what decisions should you not have made? Here's a couple more powerful, powerful ones that I think are really poignant. What people significantly contributed to your growth? You know, there's really only two ways to grow. Um, there's growth through reflection like this, but there's also growth through the people that you invite into the process. And so what people significantly contributed to your growth? There could be some people who, some just friends that just kind of come alongside you and encourage you. There could be some other people that you invite into the process. And, you know, as a coach, or this, this, is, this becomes my experience quite often. And so people would say, you know, I am farther along because of the person that I intentionally invested. I invested in my health by myself by adding this person into my into the mix and and there's significant growth because of that. And then you have to answer the the open-ended question, what people can significantly contribute to my growth next? What am I avoiding that I should be adding? You know, this when it comes to like the financial investment in your growth, if you've never invested in who you need to become, then maybe it's time to analyze that. And, and you, you know, from a financial standpoint, am I where I wanted to be? But then there also comes a, a spot of like, where do I want to go next and who can help me get there? And, and you have to like, one of the reasons why we are so timid about investing in growth is because to, to so many people, it's about having more money at the end of the year or at the end of whatever, at the, at the destination. And so we're fearful of using those resources to be able to sow into growth because we're afraid if I take this and put it there, will it come back? I, I'm, you know, there's no way to guarantee results of growth. There's no way to do it. But what I can tell you this, if you do not invest in it, it will not come. There's only so far that you can lift on your own. And and when it comes to like leveling the lid of your leadership or leveling the lid of your own growth, whatever word you want to quantify it with, you can only push yourself so far. It necessitates inviting someone else into the process who can encourage you farther than you've ever gone before. It It can only happen that way. So there comes a point when you have to stop just using free resources. And that's the thing that just blows my mind is that there are some people who don't even utilize the free resources. So there comes a point when you have to stop, move beyond the free resources, and you have to invest. 
So what does that need to look like? What, what kind of idea will that be and will that become? Only you will know and only you can answer that question. So my goodness. So I'm, talk back to me. What, what kind of ideas have you used when it comes to your reflection process and what has just kind of made a difference for you and, and where you need to go next? Um, what, are, what are your ideas and what would you recommend to someone who's kind of new in the process or what would you recommend to someone who's consistent in the process and maybe they need a new idea, a new fresh? That all comes through telling stories. So what have you done? What have you used that has worked for you that could be an encouragement to someone else when it comes to who they need to become and what they want to do in uh, the movement in their lives? So listen, it's been a privilege to have you here with me today. I hope this has been a, uh, an encouragement and motivation for you. As always, don't ever hesitate to let me know how I can help and to come alongside you along the way. That's my privilege, my passion and my um, desire to serve. So I pray you're well blessed and encouraged as you look into the Christmas season and kind of into the end of the year. So have fun, be blessed. I'll talk soon.